You're listening to Earful of Dirt, the Major League Rugby Podcast. We're live each Monday night on YouTube, available for download every Wednesday morning, and always online at earfulofdirt.com. Bringing you the latest news, views, and abuse, Earful of Dirt is the only podcast dedicated to Major League Rugby. Now, coming to you live from across the United States, here's your hosts. And we're live. Welcome, you're full of dirt. I'm Aaron Castro, and I'm joined tonight by Dan and Victor, Josh, out there in the middle of the country. Corey is out for the evening, and you know, we're the Major League Rugby Podcast, so thank you for joining us. Uh, I guess I'm in the comments tonight on the YouTube, so uh, hit me up. How's everyone's week been? Doing well. You right? Feel a little sick, but otherwise, just just perfect. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Nothing. Um, well, it's the it's the third week, so we're we're past the honeymoon stage of watching MLR and kind of going crazy with that. So now it's gonna. I, I like if so. So they're gonna add a couple teams next year, right? I could totally be into Thursday night rugby every every week. That's a lot. That is a lot. Well, think about this. You could have, say, let's let's just say four teams play on a weekend instead of all ten. Save a bye, and you play one just one game every day. That beats the Premiership playing every single all all six games in the final round at the same exact time. Kickoff was not different for any of the games. But you know the reason why they do that, right? Uh, because they're idiots. No, because apparently they don't want all the teams to know. Uh, the, the, I guess the math of who did this, and I guess they want them to find out at the same time. No, it really didn't matter through. because the top four was the top four and London Irish being relegated was already set in stone the week before. That's right. So, I mean, the, the rest of the table doesn't really matter to me because I'm not in England, and I would like a staggered start. <laughs> you know? I'm just telling you what they say. Personally, myself, I, I would love to see Saturday late morning all the way until Saturday early early evening and then two games on Sunday, but that's just who I am. Um, but before we go, we could talk about this for probably two or three hours, which is a bit nonsense. But <laughs> I, I got one more thing to add. If they do do Thursday night football, you could get another broadcaster and get like Fox Sports or somebody because they don't show anything during the week. <laughs> that there is you know. all right. That's true. Aaron, tell uh, tell everyone at home who we are, other than talking about random times to watch. <laughs> For those new to the podcast, you know, each Monday night we sit down, we discuss news and rumors uh, from Major League Rugby, and guess what? There is a rumor, and I started one. Oh. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that at the end of the show. The United we're the United States Major League Rugby is the United States professional rugby union competition. It's a chance to discuss the issues, hear from the league team leadership, and check with it, our friends across the U.S. rugby scene. This week, what do we got? This week we got, as we were talking about before, three games. There's a Thursday, Friday, and Saturday game. Uh, Austin. Played Nola. There was a thriller in San Diego versus Houston, and an almost upset of Utah versus Glendale. Apparently, we have a rumor too, which 
Aaron is going to spread like wildfire. Um, <laughs> so that's coming on at the end of the show. Um, but these are the three games we got. So first up, Austin Nola. What do you guys think? So, and Austin rises. Does Very anybody happy. know if Sebastian Collins okay? Uh, I can find out, but not right away. <laughs> well, what do you want to speculate? Um, I mean, his pride is hurt. Heck yeah, of course it was. Dude, I don't think he knew what he had for lunch that day. <laughs> After the hit, I would have been surprised. By the way, he scored 30-17 to 17 to Austin over Nola. We, none of us got that right. And we'll talk about no, I, I – this is – that one's kind of embarrassing, to be honest, because the rest of them we, like, picked close, right? And mm-hmm. I mean, so, technically, technically, Corey was close. He had Austin by seven. Yeah. He's so happy that he just took off. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> the gloating. The gloating. <laughs> so, you know, really the, the only bright spot for Nola was John Sullivan, who, man, his work rate on offense and defense is, that was pretty ridiculous. He can play six. Oh, my. Canada, he's from upstate New York. Canada, not yet. You know, uh, then – I gotta say, Austin—they improved a lot this week. They, when it comes to ball distribution, ball movement, the connection, um, sort of seems to get better just each week. Uh, I really, I really like. Well, first of all, I was happy to see that Austin won because I was getting a, at least a little bit nervous. But um, I really like what I'm seeing from Ben Mitchell, who's their lock, especially because when you say ball movement, they had a. He had a nice offload that led right to a try, but that was someone who I didn't know anything about. I think he's from Ireland. Yeah. If I'm he, not mistaken. He and Ned Hodson went to the same school, I think at different times. University of Cork. Yeah, I'm actually literally just looking this up now. Ben Mitchell, he's only twenty three years old and six foot seven. He's a big yeah. guy. And I've never heard of him before, but he's been on our our radar for the past three weeks. Cause every single time he seems to be a, a real bright, uh, bright spot on Austin. He's a, he's like specifically, he's a really complete player. And you know, if you, if you look at how he came up, he played center until he was 16. And then he had that, uh, had that high school growth spurt and they moved into the second row. I think Austin is uh, building a dominant set piece that can help them compete at, you know, the top level uh, of the league. Granted, they they move from like the bottom of the league to uh, middle of the table <laughs> with with that really, victory. Really tough to do with only three games. Like it's really tough to actually assess unless you're really digging into each game by just looking at the standings. Because you had the Seawolves who had a dominant first game, a close loss their second, but they're technically like fifth place, even though they only played two games. So it's it's really tough to see. Yeah, I mean, with with the with the seventeen league, we just saw the parity that already exists, which we'll get to uh, later in the show. But uh, the the other really big one for me, outside of obviously Hanko, I mean, I'm I'm not yeah. I'm going to stop talking about Hanko because Hanko. It's Henko. He said his own bar. <laughs> but uh, but Ned Hodson uh, at fullback, he was he was good. Uh, originally, sort of brought in uh, to be like a back three filler. He plays really. He's a center out of the Munster Academy. Uh, was a Munster U twenty. Um, 
he 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 can ball uh, as a fullback. I think he plays he, he plays very well. I think he'll you know probably start the rest of Austin's season there because their centers are kind of figured out, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, speaking a bit of the match, the match overall had errors. Uh, there was a lot of ball dropping, and some of the lineouts didn't win the way. Um, the hookers missed some of the marks. Um, and this was coming from both teams. And Austin, Austin's play, in my opinion, looked disorganized. But a win is a win, obviously. It doesn't matter how you get it on the pitch. Uh, happy, of course, that Austin finally got it, the revenge over Nola. And beautiful and beautiful tries by Ned Hudson and Hankel. Again, Hammerscheiss. <laughs> by the way, it was, it was a smart idea by the elite of taking all the possible points whenever they could uh, by um, the fly half. Um, always always take the points. Of course. No, always take no, but not all teams do it. Go but, for goal. Yeah. Always take the Go points. for the try. Go for the yeah. try. Get of, course, and, of course. And that's exactly what, what <laughs> helped them win. They're taking the points whenever they could. And and Timothy Guillemin, or Guillemin, whatever you pronounce his last name, was on point, which, which was great. And of course, and by the way, we're, we're talking about um, Sebastian Calm just now. If you didn't know, he tackled head on a Hanko Hemmerscheid to bounce off him and fell off, and they had to take him off the field because it? of a possible bus- <laughs> bus- like, okay. concussion. I mean, I would say it was sort of like good form tackling. His shoulder went right into Hanko's thigh, and yeah, of course, uh, Sebastian just wilted. <laughs> Was, exactly. Yeah, and, and, and that is not that does not happen. People do not like Sebastian does not bounce off of people. He of course, um, takes huge. people into the ground. That was that was impressive. Yeah, I think Hanko's like the uh, he's the muscle hamster of this league. He's not huge. I mean he's bigger than me, but he's not huge compared to everyone else. But he's really, really muscular and he just runs through people. So I think muscle hamster's a good good uh Nickname for him. Not but it goes to show part. you guys how it goes to show you guys how scary the hammer is whenever you try to face him. That's what happens when you face a hammer. And actually, this kind of goes back to two things you guys just said: Aaron talking about the parody of the league, and Victor talking about some of the errors. You know, it's 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 really good to see that a lot of the teams are fighting back and forth. There are errors. Like I've seen a lot of knock-ons over the past two or three weeks. A lot of missed tackles by a lot of teams and. You know, which leads to some big runs. I think Ned Hodson had one of his tries like that. But overall, there is parity. It's not like one team just looks completely blown out of the water and everyone else is just running over them. It's good to see that the teams are really fighting back and forth. We're messing up our picks. Um, it could be either because we're idiots or because, you know, you don't know who's going to win these. So that's really great to see. Yeah. Um, so. Is Hanko the second victim of foreign poaching? Hmm. Who's the first? Ben Landry. Before oh. the league even started. Yeah. Um, I guess victim in a positive sense. I mean, no, I can. Uh, well, I mean, I guess the league becomes the victim. Uh, yeah. He he gets rewarded for his effort. You know. Well, the the um, the league gets rewarded in a sense, and in, in in the sense that. You know, if you get more players who get picked overseas because of this, then obviously that looks good for the league. It sucks that you're missing out on a great talent because he's going off somewhere else. But 
I mean, that's just a great resume builder right there for think, uh, for MLR. I think he's one of those guys that is quickly separating himself, you know, from like as an elite player. You know, he's he's an eagle, and he's probably going to be one of those guys that gets into the 70, 80 range and can even, if he stays healthy, can even be a centurion. And we don't have a centurion right now. If you look at who has the chance to be a centurion, it looks like it's going to be Cam Dolan, which would be freaking awesome. I agree. Yeah. So I think Hunker really could though, because he's only twenty-one. He already yeah. has, I think, four, five, six caps, something like that. I don't know, I don't know the exact cap number, but I, I mean, it can't be too difficult for him if he just plays out uh, professionally and doesn't have any, you know, knock on, knock on wood, he doesn't have. Any, Might as well do it too. I mean, I could, you could, you could throw three more names in the the victim pile and uh, Ben Mitchell, Harley Davidson, and Dolph Baffa. I mean, we saw the immediate impact that Dolph Baffa Baffa had in the San Diego scrum. We can talk about Dolph both. uh, uh, You know, I want to say he's even improved, but this is a guy who's already been an overseas professional. (laughs) So, uh, we can we can see. Poaching in the sense that, you know, in his case, I think he was in the Sharks Academy. Yeah. Comes here, and this is just this just shows him on an. He was a, he was a Sharks. Um, he was a Sharks for a year on in yeah. Curry Cup and Super. I think he had like five appearances in Super Rugby. So, yeah. all right, it could, he could be a um, Dom Waldo because that's what Waldo did with Pro. He came over and then got another opportunity back in Europe. So. But, mm-hmm. uh, That's right. not, to, not to drag on too much about this, yeah. but I think we'll definitely see a lot of young guys like academy age who have been in the system for a while in Ireland, South Africa, all these other places come here for a year or two. And then it just kind of boosts them up. And you just, you hear about them more because they're in this league is in the U S as opposed to the 500 other guys who are exactly like you back home. So I think that that's what really ends up happening for a so, lot of guys. Moving on to, uh, you know, San Diego versus Houston. So, do we have a problem? Yes or no? Maybe Houston does. <laughs> I think that because I was scratching my nose. Well, like, no, I, I mean, does, does Houston? Do you guys think Houston has a problem? Um, no, I, mean, I guess that that is a bit of a problem. A problem compared to I mean, everyone just assumed that they'd be one of the best based on how much noise they made before the season even started and how many games they had for the preseason. Yeah, I. I I don't know. I had, uh, I had really high expectations, to be honest. Uh, they they built a squad full of really good athletes, really good rugby players, and they had depth. And right now, I don't know. It, I think they'll still I, make the playoffs. I, I, don't, I, don't think, about that. I don't think they're playing to the potential that they could be playing. And I think uh, you know, Coach Fitzpatrick is getting after it, trying to analyze, trying to figure out what it is because – they beat in the preseason. Granted, they still don't have what I would say is the best side that they're able to field. And we'll get into why that is um, in the questions from Bob. Or, yeah. So, but it's just really, it, it's really interesting to see how they were, how they set up, how they, you know, built out and then, you know, uh, struggled here. Yeah, it is, like we said, a, a little bit disappointing, but um, I think even with some sort of disappointment from them, I don't think they're, you know, crap in the bed or anything like that. 
I just think that they're not living up to the potential that they really could be, which is something that's really um, much more powerful than they are. However, anyone who watched this game will see how much of a back and forth this was, and, and they literally just lost by a couple points. So I think that's something that they shouldn't shouldn't hold themselves too too hard against. Yeah, uh, you know, there were, I think there were ten lead lead changes in this game. Um, you that's know, awesome. when I interviewed Chris Cracknell. On Monday, he really wasn't giving me what I was trying to get out of him um, when it came to, like, the game plan adjustments, the attack that they were going to run. And, you know, maybe he was just being a bit cheeky because they had a British and Irish line come over for some scrum sessions last week. (laughs) Alex Corbazero was uh, at uh, the Legion's practice for a day, so wonder wonder what they talked about. And sure enough, quite often, uh, now we've, now it's San Diego, before we're Rooney, what's going on? Um, what is Alex Corbusier doing? Yeah, Alex Corbusier, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, hey, <laughs> he's a rugby pundit, and he's living the life, so he can go wherever he wants, but he and Rob Hoadley are really <laughs> good friends. Um, so, away from his podcast. So, Shameless plug for him. Right. He's yeah, friends with everyone, really. So he's just—he was just going to hang out and see what, mm-hmm. like, see what they were doing because he, you know, he's a big fan—not of Rooney, like he's a fan of Rooney, but he is a big fan of the league and what it represents. You know, like he is really positive, and you know, you you see his Twitter feed and stuff. He's tweeting, you know, stuff about MLR all the time. So he is technically American, though he did, you know, end up playing for England. You he's know, from glory. he's from New York. Right, it's from Queens, bro. Come on, it's just from Queens. I'm, I'm gonna pretend you didn't even try to use that accent. No, I don't know what that was. There's, I don't know. Oh. I think it, I didn't know what that was. Completely <laughs> agree. Yeah. But, like um, poor imitation of a, of a New York accent from yeah. some guy from SoCal. Yeah. He's from Queens. He, he, yeah, not not far from where I am right now. As you'll mm-hmm. probably hear fire engines go by and yeah, <laughs> that carries um, off them. But in the first. In, in the first half of this game, the people that really stood out were, um, you know, obviously the MLR player of the week, Anthony Salabar, with the hat trick. Who? I really thought that he was going to do more <laughs> in the second half. He, he did a lot. I mean, he had multiple carries, great tackles, but I, the way his support running was in the first half, you just thought he was going to score. Is um, that one of those cases where you see someone basically break a – break a record in the first half and you think, oh my God, they're just going to completely shatter it. And then they don't really do as much in the second half. I, mean, I, well, I, I think great. it's more of a, they switch their focus to, to Salabar and left open other holes. Yeah. Cause they, they needed to like reduce what the, the San Diego backline was going to do, but they, they didn't, they isolated Salabar, but they didn't isolate, uh, you know, Ryan Matias, right? Because he still had gashing runs all over the place. Um, the scrum for San Diego has gotten so much better. I think Sione Tuialamakia has grown a lot in the games that he's started. Uh, and Dolph Botha back from injury, I think he's, you know, improved. The first game he was – I don't think he was fit. I don't think he was ready to go. I didn't – I don't think he – he knew what the level of play was going to be, but he scrummed, you know, very well against Jake Turnbull. 
And, you know, Sione Tuilamaka, he scrummed very well against Adam Macklin, who is an Irish, you know, professional. So when it, when it came to that, but credit to Albert Harmon, you know, old guy from Lombach. He was really important when it came to how their lineouts were working and the drive uh, in this in, in this uh, scrum for them. I mean, no, not to uh, say anything about Saucy and Mahoney, like both those dudes. I think the there was a tremendous difference in their scrum when CC came over. Him and Albert Harmon together were a great engine room. Just ties everything together, really. Mm-hmm. And definitely, guys, this was a great match, by the way. Extremely entertaining because, and because we haven't mentioned it already, the, the score was 35 32 to San Diego. It's an eagle winning at the death with, by, by, his, um, by a try by either Anthony Purpura or Pat Blair. Purpura. Really it was Purpura. Uh, it was Purpura. Thank you, right? Because I keep hearing like Pat Blair. I I was lucky to have a TV. Pat Blair and- wasn't even on the field. Thank you. That's <laughs> what so, I said. So I was looking. So I was looking around, and there were some people that credited Kobe with that try. Yeah. Weird. It was I, a mess. I, you just grab whoever you can, really. Exactly. And just, like, he, he gets it. It's a nah, team. It was a team try, really. It, 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 exactly. That's exactly. I, right. I think. I think Kobe had the push before Purs. So I think that maybe why. But I I watched the replay, and Purr had the loss. Mm-hmm. Saw seventeen. I think he was seventeen. I saw seventeen grab the ball. He was seventeen. You're right. You you are right indeed with that, Josh. And these are the games that we should be expecting every single week from Major League uh, Rugby guys. Uh, from you know, even if it doesn't happen often in season one, for season two onwards, those games where you you are guessing who who my, who may win at the end. I mean, it's like you're not really sure. I guess so. Those are those are the best games in a lot of So. What's interesting here is that even, you know, even the premiership, you have the dog able to win games. Yeah. I mean, this was kind of going off of this is really everything you, you'd want for the nationally broadcast game. I know some people still complain about defense and tackling or, or whatever, but as I was saying before, still awesome, great, you know, just kind of finding issues there. Still a great game to watch. It was a back and forth, as you said, Aaron, about 10 lead changes. That's really keeping everyone on their seat. So huge back and forth. Uh, two very evenly matched teams. It ended up in a last-minute victory for the home team that they won literally when there was no more time left. It was about three minutes over. And there was a hat trick beforehand, too. So it's really – it wasn't like a, a six to three game where everyone's just kind of sitting there and unless you're a, really a fan, you appreciate it. It's you, fans can really get into it. It wasn't just, you know, terrible defense and amazing offense, but it was a fun game to watch. And I I'm sad. I missed the first half though. I will have to wait until I think Tuesday when they put it on YouTube. I think it's out. Uh, now. It's, it's out. out. I think it's out. Really? Um, That's what I was going to say. Exactly. But, um, put, see you guys a couple of hours ago. Was it, there was uh uh, you know, I still have some concerns for San Diego, uh, you, specifically front row depth. Because in the second half, we, we see the the difference between the second the second you know the the seconds uh, for the Houston front row and Houston scrum. And how many how many penalties did the Houston scrum earn against San Diego in the second half? Was it four or five? Thank you. It seems about right. 
actually funny um, on the whole scrum penalty thing. So I was watching the game with my dad and I only watched the second half and, and he is a ref. He's been refing for like two years now and it drove him crazy that it kept saying scrum penalty, but it wouldn't tell him what the penalty actually was. So for some reason he kept yelling. I was like, I, I don't care. I, I don't know what the scrum penalties are. I don't understand scrum penalties. All I know is something happens. People fall over. Someone gets the ball. That's all I care about. And but my dad was really unhappy about that. But he he still loved it. He thought it was great. Does Sam Windsor get picked up by Ulster? Because I hear they need a fly half. No, they they got a pretty good. <laughs> mm. <laughs> twenty four points, man. That's 20, pretty good. Twenty four points. Well, you got how many tries did Houston get? Uh, I'm assuming two. Yeah, I got two. Yeah, oh, they so, only got two. Yeah, so it was his try. His <laughs> Literally try, all Sam Windsor. Yeah, it was. So he had five penalty kicks. Yeah. He had, yeah, he had six. He missed one. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so he made five penalty kicks. Wow. And, and but yeah, it was. It's pretty, five penalty uh, kicks, two both conversions, and his try. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. But overall, like twenty-four points. Going back to, to what we're saying, not to beat a dead horse with this, but this really was an exciting match. If anyone here did not actually watch the full thing, go back and watch on YouTube. Uh, definitely the the match of the week for me, possibly the match of the season so far. I know it's only been three weeks, but, um, I mean it was a lot of fun. Um. I didn't really see the pigeon much. I mean, I, I heard it was actually there in San Diego. Um, but I did actually hear the, what, I don't even know what they're called, the Legion, the Army supporters. I don't the know co- what. The cohort. The cohort, that's right, yeah. So actually, for anyone at home who has Facebook, look up San Diego Legion supporters. A bunch of people who are San Diego fans are really on there. They've been active ever since San Diego was the Breakers. And a couple of guys who do this kind of stuff for reenactments happen to have a bunch of armor anyway. So they show up and they really get into it. Um, there's this one guy Sheridan who's the, uh, the guy with the white beard. He passes out leaflets that has songs for them to sing and things for them to yell. And they have signs and everything. And people really love it. They so also, a game like if, this, if you want to be a member, they have oh, yeah. loner armor. They have loner armor. <laughs> um, they're trying to get drums together, even though I don't think the Romans actually ever used drums. But I'm oh, save what? That. I'm going to save that for a later podcast where we talk about Roman oh. history. Aaron, if you ever go out to one, I fully expect you in full in full garb, <laughs> exactly. in, in full cosplay or LARP. I guess if you want to call it that. LARPing. LARPing. Hey, that's right. We're LARPing. But you know what? This is great, guys, because the, the, the team just started, and there's, a, and there's a culture being built around the team by the fans. So th- that's great. It's yeah. really cool. And it also happens way, to be relevant to what the team name is. Legion, Roman Legion, soldiers. Legionnaires, of course. I and remember, also, I just want to make clear, guys, from now on, we're going to be referred to and uh, going to be referring to Anthony Salibur as Salad Bar. Yeah. Again, I just want to make that clear right now because Anthony, I know he's going to be the, listening to this. The, and probably going to hate us. The, the, the Salad Bar. The Salad Bar. The Salad Bar, baby. He's, yeah, the Salad Bar. Uh, you, know, you know, what did San Diego have to do to win the game? They had to go to the Salad Bar. All you can eat salad bar. Oh, exactly. <laughs> they just need the veggies with some with some dressing on the side, some slight dress dressing. Yeah. 
lots of fattening. That's it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, right. I'm, I, I'm just saying. So moving to the next match. Um, yeah, so this one. Utah, 29-36, uh, a.k.a. Uh, so so are we seeing chinks in the armor, maybe the, the two practice uh, sessions a week schedule that needs to shift to maybe add a session, maybe add two sessions and a captain's run? Yes, they, do, uh, they do have a captain's run. So they have three, so, so they have three sessions. Okay. So they have two coach-led and one player-led. Okay, so, so my, add, my answer to that is yes, they do need to add more practices. However, they're also missing like five starters um, so far. So I think that's obviously contributing quite a lot to. Um, well, four. Four. Um, but okay, one guy, one, four, and one guy is playing out of position. Yeah. So Which is they're, they're missing four starters, basically. And they're also four pretty decent starters, one of whom was just signed by an English club. Um, and then the next day got a red card. So I think that that has a lot to do with it too. Just just putting that out there. Because as you've seen from this game, they controlled the first half, but then there was the second half where they kind of started to falter a bit and they gave up a lot more towards um, towards Utah. And I think that the missing a couple players and missing a couple starters and forcing your backups basically to put in affected that. I, I do. I think a lot of that had to do with the loss of both Casey Rock and Sam Fig. Um, I, I truly believe Sam Fig is the signing of the season so far, with oh, how he's propelled the Raptors this so far. Does anyone actually uh, off topic? But does anyone else think that Sam Fig kind of looks like the brother from Get Out? No the brother with a lacrosse no. stick. I think he looks just like him. I need Not to. Serious. I need to I reassess. The photo Adam, you sent, Adam, Adam, but he's got Adam, that like, you, he's got the porn stash going. Yeah, <laughs> like the, the kind of curly hair that's pulled, whatever. I don't know. Everyone at home, just look it up and tell me how right I am. Mm. Or wrong. Yeah, we'll, we'll do I'm a poll. Good. We'll do a poll tomorrow. I do yeah. agree with Aaron, though. He does look like an AV actor. <laughs> You probably know what an AV stands for, and if you don't, I know that's what it's really Welcome to the PG Your Folder podcast. <laughs> that's what we're here for. That's what we're here for, B. Um, you know, uh, I think I think that if you increase the, the training sessions, you'll get more reps for some of the young guys that were only going to play like 20 minutes or some of the young guys that were just going to be squad players uh, that now have to play. That is like that. That's where I see the problem. The combination of both. So, so it, I'm right. So are you are you talking high like MLR play or because I think a lot of them they played with the academy team for some games. I, I'm talking like at MLR level. Like so, the the practices are different. I know that one of those practices a week they practice with the academy team, but once you get pulled up. You're you're no longer on the on the low end, uh, but you know Glendale gonna Glendale right, uh, which we saw in the last ten minutes of that game. Uh, Utah though they're they're getting better. I think Tucci is finding his feet in the in the front row um, as far as a lock pairing is concerned, and then as reserves Jensen and Uhila, they they're figuring it out. They're they're pushing. They're like 
they're grinding. And then Corey Olsen, you know, he's even bigger than, than Jensen is. So, uh, and then... Hard to believe. Hard to believe. Did, did Tucci switch to prop when he came to Utah? Or had he been playing prop wherever uh, he was before? No, he, he was played, so, he, he played, played eight in CSU. He played prop in high school, and then he played loose forward at CSU, and that like one semester he played at West Texas A&M, and then he played in in Ireland at Gory. He also played as a loose forward. So he's I don't know spent years playing football and trying to f- become a flanker, now converting to prop. So I mean, props to him. No pun not intended for the first time probably ever, but props to him for actually really holding his own and coming together pretty nicely there. Mm-hmm. It's very similar to Sione Tui Halamaka because, again, he was a loose forward and moved to the prop position. Only thing is I assume Tushi has probably a little bit more experience than Sione. Yeah. Um, Feitu Vine Nicolo. It's uh, good. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't, really good. shouldn't pass. Probably he should not. just keep. He should, should just keep going, running with the ball without passing. <laughs> just if you if you take contact, take the contact, help form the ruck. Um, well, that's what, but, he, what he's really known for is running kind of straight at someone and right through someone and scoring as a result. He's not known for being the flashy passer. He's known more for just being really hard to take down, but running his lines as he needs to. And I actually, I, I think that contributed to Utah's um, the score in this game because watching the game, Glendale continuously tried to tackle high, even though they got run over time after time after time. They didn't go low at all. Playing yeah, eight I, rules. I think uh, for they too, that that guy can create so much. Uh, you know, he can wreak havoc on the defense, but his passing just, it, I don't know, it reminded me of stuff when I played D3 club rugby. So Why, because um, he threw it right to the Raptors? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that sucks. Oh, well, guys, but thrilling match overall, guys. I have to say very tight to, again, the like I said, with or like we said with the score again, with 36-29 by it. Very much by, an, uh, by a converted try. But we have talked about everyone, guys, but we haven't talked about the ma- the man of the match, Mr. Harley, the motorcycle Davidson. Man, that kid, let me tell you. So, no, you no, just him no. The match? Yes, 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 John. Good, good. The motorcycle Because <laughs> I can't believe they named Micah Cruz the, the man of the match. It's Crusade. It's Crusade. Okay, Dan Howard. It's Mika. It's Mika. Thank you. He's really proud of his name. Come on, Aaron. Crusade. If you want to be really proper, it's Mika L.A. Crusade. Okay. Mika L.A. Crusade. I'll take that one. I had like four other vowels. So you were were just arguing about something two seconds ago. Oh, wow. So. Two guys, Victor's going to talk about Harley and Mika. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it was just that. Uh, really, really cool. Like the fact that Harley Davidson helped him out to score. And again, Har- Harley got his Man of the Match award. So obviously, definitely earned. Mm. 
on on Harley's try, it was Bryce Campbell who was running it back, took the tackle instead of making a stupid pass immediately to Harley. Right? Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The I'm Harley like for so. I want to say physically, Harley Davidson and Nate Augsburger like are about the same size, right? Um, the, the, like a small winger is what I'm trying to say, and uh, I just get sort of surprised every week with like his vision and his footwork and how he's able to shift to where he wants to go, and he scores. He's he's been on the board every week. Where was he? Where was he before? Life, life. So, mm-hmm. yep. a little program. I, I, I will, I will say this. Um, Jake Christman started for Sean Davies because he picked up an injury. Um, he seemed to play slow ball that you hate from Nate Augsburger. Yeah, then, yeah I. Uh, and then when Kev, I think it's Kevin Lynch. When Kevin Lynch, Mark, I, I apologize. Let me make sure real quick. Kevin Lynch, yeah. Yeah, awesome. when he came in, that's when the speed really picked up, and I think that's when Glendale picked up. I've seen Chrisman play better games. That's all I'm going to say about that. Wow. <laughs> Harsh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, and, you know, like like we said, Glendale going to Glendale, so. But it was almost a tie match at the very end. Utah was maybe on the five-meter line. And they were, Dude, they were on the one-meter line. It was that I'm should have gone up. in. Oh, like I couldn't believe they failed. What was the penalty call? I I missed that because I was actually sick. You didn't come through the gate. Yeah, it's oh, the worst. So mm. yeah, guys, Harley Davidson just rab over the competition. If he doesn't, mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna be like, I'm probably gonna have to message someone who worked at Harley Davidson personally if they don't sponsor him. Seriously, that is. That's that's easy. That's easy Honestly, money. That, exactly. That's, that's, that's exactly. That's like the easiest. Give him a motorcycle. Easy. Just tell him. Just rev up this motorcycle. Just mm-hmm. bring it onto the. Well, don't bring it onto the pitch. Um, ride it to to work every day. Show it off when you when you get off. Just take the helmet. Like do it like uh, what's his name? Um, the kid from Bad News Bears. Just show up in the motorcycle and then just take off the helmet and jump over the fence and join the team. Still, still, still think Glendale needs the motorcycle sound whenever he scores. And mm-hmm. and uh, uh, for uh, you, you could just have what's his name, rookie the Raptor. I forget his name. Rudy, uh, Rudy. Rudy, Rudy the Raptor. Mm-hmm. Every time he scores, he jumps on a prop motorcycle, and then they layer the the sound. I thought you jump on. He jumps on Harley. Yes. <laughs> oh, that would be great if we could jump on Harley. If you think, other oh, way around. Not jump on Harley, but on Harley a jumps, Harley. If Harley jumps on Rudy. <laughs> I, that. <laughs> I know that. Really cool. you know, I know that, that rugby players don't usually celebrate that much, but if your name is Harley Davidson, I mean, no one can get mad at you for celebrating that. Like, come on. Of course. Many Harley Davidson, the company, could just sponsor the Raptors. That would be great. Yeah, just, just make it just make it happen. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, some some less I guess this is housekeeping from Josh for some reason. I don't know, you put it in there. But I, I didn't add that. <laughs> I did. 
Oh, uh-huh. fucking um, Victor. Uh. Oh, dude. I love you too, bro. <laughs> well, he's like, I don't know. It's just there. It has my <laughs> hey, I, I, end up, I own up to it. I hey, I'm, I'm just here to do what I'm told and do research. All right. So, player of the week is from is the outside center from San Diego Legion, Anthony Saladbar Salabar. 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 Hey, <laughs> it's funny because you said it both ways, and, and I didn't hear any difference. I heard the same last name twice. It's no, Anthony, sure it's I didn't. It. Anthony, no, I didn't. Just, we're just going to say Anthony Saladbar. Saladbar, exactly. <laughs> you got to have a salad. pause. You had to, you had to have pause. And then, uh, Apparently, you have to have a D instead of a B, too. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Like his, his last name sounds just like it. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we ran a poll. Um, what did we get out of that? So we, we decided to go with play of the week. Um, we had choice between uh, Sam Figg's tackle on Don Potty, um, Honko's run through Sebastian Calm, and the first drop goal in Major League history, Major League Rugby history, and let's say Kalenisau won with the drop goal. That was actually – I completely forgot about that. We didn't talk about that. That, was, that was fun to watch. That was, it was like so uh, – like I'm on my phone and I get like a, a chat from our friend, the, the rugby evangelist. He's like, that was awesome. And then someone <laughs> asked about like the score and he's like, Shut the hell up! The game's not over at my house. <laughs> so he's like, his feed was like five minutes delay. It was hilarious. Well, it was it was funny because it they didn't really set it up like I, I've ever seen a drop goal set up in like the Premiership. They just it almost felt like they just rushed right into it, and it didn't even really feel that necessary. To really it, it, was, it was it was I think it was something Kalinasau saw. I was like, we aren't getting anywhere. They aren't coming at me, so. Might as well. I, think he, I think he just it's figured like he, had, he had the ball, um, he had the gap, and then he kicked an ugly ass ball through the uprights. Yeah. <laughs> it was so well, it, it, it also put them up four points. Yeah, which is true. Which was needed. So Clarissa kind of strikes me as a guy who just you know he's got that you know Fijian island vibe. He just takes things as it goes. If it makes sense in that second, he'll do it. And he's a sevens player, so. He won. And he also just had a kid, too. So. Or was that oh, uh, That was VC. Oh, sorry. So. My bad. All right, so game of the week. What did you guys pick? Do, do we even have to ask this? Seriously. Um, no, it seems everyone picked the same game. So San Diego Legion uh, over the Houston Sabercats was the uh, game of the week from EOD. Um, Pucker Factor. And well deserved too, because that was a battle between two titans <clears throat> that did not give up, not until the end. <laughs> All right, let's look at last week's predictions. Um, God, we suck. <laughs> not me. It's, I wasn't here. Corey, hold on, hold on. Corey, you can shut up now. I can hear you gloating from Colorado. Um, <laughs> but uh, so. All of us had Glendale, and the the rest of us, you know, we we lost. So Glendale was the only one that was. I mean, Corey was the only one that was right. Bless him, he was actually pretty close on two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was right on in San Diego. Round four, Austin at Utah. What do you guys got? <laughs> 
You're first. Yeah. Austin minus one. Right here, Utah minus three. Utah minus seven. Okay, Utah minus five. All right, all right. I see. I, see. I can see all of those happening. So. Um, not at the same time. That'd be kind of difficult. <laughs> uh, Seattle at New Orleans. Seattle minus one. Nola minus two. I'll do Seattle too, but I'll do minus fourteen just to oh, you know, just to just 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 to see if it happens. I got Seattle minus eight. I picked eight specifically just because I think they're going to lose not by fourteen, but I don't think they're going to be close enough to get the bonus point loss. Um, also, I just think Seattle's defense is uh, too strong for Nola. Yeah. Um, and then the. Final match of the weekend, see San Diego at Glendale. I have calling it right now. San Diego minus five. Wow. Ooh, let's go. I got Glendale minus three. I got Glendale minus four. You minus five. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Minus five. I said minus four. I don't know why I said that. Minus five. Well, if, you, if you want four, you can do four. You don't have to do what the paper says. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, I want a five. I want a five. I don't know what's the four. I'm sorry. It's minus five. That one's five. I got Glendale minus seven. I think that they're just gonna be much better than them. I don't I don't I don't see the San Diego winning. That's tough. Um I I guess I can see it happen, so I guess I counter exactly what I just said, but I don't I don't think it's gonna happen. Uh, yeah, when in doubt, you just go for Glendale. That's yeah. what I did. I, I just think Glendale has had, um, you know, two really difficult games away. So it's it's with the injuries, it's really hard to tell how they're going to play at home, unless you know Josh finds another two thousand people to come in and they just get rowdy. And Josh is going to be doing my best, man. Yeah, so. I just think it's it's. It's going to be tough, but I also this is a little bit off topic, but um, I'm really interested to see what happens in San Diego over the next couple of weeks or so because San Diego is the team that I personally think is going to be hit the most by the the whole test match summer series blues when they lose like six or seven starters. Um, but I'm also interested to see if any of the um, if any of the onback guys actually join up with San Diego over the next couple of weeks because they just lost to Belmont Shore last weekend. So it might as well. I mean, if I'm in the area, if I'm one of the better players and I'm back, I'm going to see about jumping on one of those practices. Yeah. It, it, it's going to be interesting, uh, especially if Belmont Shore uh, doesn't go all the way. Uh, then there's more guys from up in Long Beach that can come down to reinforce the the legion so there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of possibilities going on yeah and i think that just throws a whole wrench into everything where we don't know how it's going to happen they're going to lose a lot of great players but then they may also get a couple diamonds in the rough that people don't know about so um do we have any tweets of the week um there were so many good tweets i just could not pick a single one uh-huh I, uh-huh. I forgot to look uh-huh. for one, really, if I'm being perfectly honest. What? Dang. Daniel, how could you? Skip that. I was, was that Mr. Bill? Delete your account. That's okay. I was sick this past weekend, so um, don't hold it against me. Um, I, will, I will anyway. 
<laughs> nah, that's cool, bro. No problem. Dang it. I, I know I should have put something. I said, nah, I'll, I'll let him do it. <laughs> no, actually, guys. No, 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 no. You know what? No, no, no. We're going to talk about Twitter of the week. I found one that I wish I could show you guys. And and it, and it, it has nothing to do with rugby, but at the same time, it sort of does. So I found this random uh, Twitter uh, Twitter handle called Nature is Scary. Oh yeah! And, oh yeah! Okay, okay good, good. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So, so let, let me explain, Aaron, before you you comment. So it was. It, so, I, okay, I, I don't know what you saw. I've just seen that account, and it's fucking nuts. Okay, so for those of you that don't know, because Aaron obviously knows, it, so it's an account where the where the person who owns it posts videos or images uh, of animals in the wild, and some some of them are disturbing images. So one was a video of this bald eagle grabbing a Canada goose by the neck and dragging it to its nest in the air. So someone nice. in the bottom put... Oh, I'm watching that right now. <laughs> there we go. Thank you. So someone put a, 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 the comment about the Canada-USA rugby robbery, and in the bottom they say, yeah, let's go Eagles, USA, USA, USA. So that was... <laughs> okay, nothing to do with rugby, but the comment did. So that's why I made that, um, that connection with it. So it was really cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Dude, everyone is. I see that all of you guys are looking at it right now. But yeah, it's really cool, right? Uh, Man, seriously. So yeah, listeners. Um, again, add um, nature is scary on Twitter. So Our first so, non-rugby related tweet of the week. Yeah. yeah seriously. <laughs> Dang it! Well, hey, if, if you really want to tweet of the week, the um, the the San Francisco Giants next Monday night are hosting rugby night. Oh, yeah, so you get a you get a Giants branded rugby ball. Fourteen thousand branded rugby balls. How many? How many? Fourteen thousand. Dang it, nice. And they're playing touch rugby in the cove. Ooh. Yeah, that's the best part. That was the they shared a picture which um, was clearly photoshopped because there was actually a boat going into it. Um, but it was uh, an inflatable raft or something like that, like an actual field with an inflatable tubes around it to represent the, the 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 goals, but it was basically you know just outside right field, people will be playing touch rugby. Todd Clever actually shared it, so that's actually a tweet we we can retweet for everyone to see. Um, I kind of wish I was in San Francisco now just for that. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I'm sure someone will put it on online to, for sale, most likely on eBay. So I'll just wait for that. So. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't I don't know, know people were supposed to score a try. I, I mean, it looks like that's the kind where you just dot it down like normal, but if people don't jump off in order to score like they do. I don't think um, you can, like, jump off on that. Thing. Oh, come on. You can jump off. It's, it's like and, inflated sides. Yeah, but how big are the inflated sides? Probably like what arena football was. I don't know. It's not that big. I've never been to an arena football game. I'd like to go. Albany just got a team, so I may have to go up and see that. Mm, there you go. Now we're getting off topic here. Um, oh, so, 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 tweet of the week. So that was the tweet of the week. We don't have any trending topics, but we do have some news, views, and abuse that we so, came to earlier. I guess, uh, I guess I tried to start a rumor on the, uh, the Reddit Twitter handle uh, because Christian Day uh, is also was also on Northampton Saints and his – wouldn't say his contract is up, but he's reti- he retired from the Saints uh, this weekend. 
and he's teammates with Ben Foden. So um, the actual that we should probably save that part first. So Chris Wiles and Ben Foden were linked to for some reason linked to the same team, um, which is San Diego. And they both have they have wings and they have fullbacks, so I don't know why they why it was this team. Because there are teams in the league that could use a wing and could use a fullback. Take so a the the I think it was a rugby pass article that said yeah, that on, these two on, these two players now that Chris Wallace has retired from everything and Ben Foden just had his two hundred fiftieth cap for uh Northampton Saints. Um and his contract. So Chris, yeah, and his contract's up. So he's probably he's not gonna return and they're they're doing a huge overhaul over there because they have a new director of rugby and everything. Um Chris has been linked with San Diego. Makes sense even if they, they don't need it because of the wings. Um that's where the Eagles train and the idea behind this rumor is that Chris wants to come to the US oh, for one year. We let need me, to, we need to st- stop saying that's where the Eagles train. They train all over the place. They just yeah, train this last time. They usually go to Chula Vista, though. That's the sevens. But a lot of times they go there, too. That was just this series. They've trained there before, too. They train in California quite often. They, they trained there last year, actually, for the for for, for the, the Canada game for the America's One for the World Cup. Yeah, because it was in San Diego. <laughs> But, but I mean, okay, I understand what I understand what you're saying, dude. It was like so the so last year's tour, they they spent one week in San Diego. The rest was like at different universities. Like so, Drew was a Drew University in New Jersey, and then um, at Kennesaw. So I mean, it's it's not really the base. So no, not really. But you know, if they have other teams in the Southwest, which they do quite often, so regardless. I think that was the at least the idea that Rugby Pass was trying to say, but the we're not sure if that one makes sense. But the Ben Foden one, it said that he was linked or having at least conversations with a couple of teams, whatever that means. That could just so, be hey, I heard you need a player. This is interesting and nothing so else. So I had a few conversations this weekend that I was told to look around to see who needs a fullback. So if you look around to see who needs a fullback. You can probably see where who he might be talking to. And just to stir the pot from my end, um, Ben Foden, his wife is a singer, and whatever I say now actually may go completely against whatever Aaron says because this is all just rumor stirring. This is absolute nonsense at this point. Um, his wife is a singer, and he apparently likes New York a lot. And he's been a, he's held a training session actually um, in April. And he's good friends with Alex Corbizero and was seen wearing a Rooney hat, but that was more just to support the team than anything else. So take that however you like to take that. He was holding a training session in New York while he was here in the U.S., but that could mean absolutely nothing. So we'll mm-hmm. see. Or, or it could mean something. So well, of yeah. course it could mean something. Basically, <laughs> ba- basically the rumor, like the, the conversation I had this weekend was, um, Foden is likely, and it's likely this year, not next year. Oh, really? Next year? Uh, this year? That's interesting. Yeah. Because remember, he could play this year and then move to Rooney the next year if it's connected with Rooney anyway. That's true. So it could still happen. He could do both. Yeah. He could do everything. I mean, because because I mean, you could, you can be sure that Dylan Fawcett 
uh, Ross Deacon and Michael Walsh are going back to Rooney once they're done with Nola and Glendale. I mean, that's that's a given. I was, I mean, they could stay, of course, but I'm sure they will be back. Oh yeah, maybe mm-hmm. interesting to see what happens. But just getting someone at, at that caliber, I don't want this to become a retirement league. But um, I think he has the most the most points for uh, Northampton in its entire franchise history. I may be wrong, but my, my coworker is actually a Northampton Saints fan. He's the one who told me, so I'm not about to Go ahead. Sorry. That's all I had to say. You uh, want to correct me? No, I actually wanted to touch on the retirement league because I'm like, oh, okay. Because my point is, I'd be okay to start out as that, but eventually evolve out of that. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, so what we've seen so far is not uh, really – not really an attempt to be a retirement league, not guys that are 30, oh, was more of that. 36, 37, or in, uh, what was it, uh, Mills Mulaina? I think he was 38. He also retired for like two or three years, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was, he was just playing club rugby for a while. So um, I, I just don't want to be a retirement league at all. I, I want to grab – if we're going to bring in foreign players, you grab – Guys like Hewitt, Hodson, um, Murphy. Uh, well, we're clearly getting a lot Mitchell. of players like that. So we're, we're clearly getting a lot of players who are like 23 or 24. Like you guys said, Mitchell, Hodson, all these guys who are playing and scoring and playing very well. Um, Academy-level players um, who can pan out. They could stay here for their entire career, or they could go back after getting some notice here. Um, but it is nice to have like one or two high profile players like this, because if someone comes over, of course, you know, people overseas may just think immediately, Oh, it's a retirement league, but it's not. Um, but it's good to get one or two well-known players over here so that you do get some of those fans who go, Oh, let me look into this. But of course you get their experience too. Yeah, I, don't, I don't, I don't want a team full of PJ Wannenbergs and Ben Fodings. It'd be fine. One or two per team, but I don't want exactly. a full team. And that, that's not what I meant. Yeah. Well, well, the reason why I say no is because no one knows tomorrow at Tokyo. We do. But no one, like the bringing in rugby stars really doesn't matter to for the for right now for the American populace because no one knows who these people are. That's, oh, I don't care about right. the American fans. American fans don't know unless you're actually well, that's who fans. That's who this league is for. We're trying to commercialize to the American sports fan. And we, oh, yeah. as we already know. Well, okay, so to go, to go to the commercialization point, you want to put a good product on the field. And if these guys can still compete at that high level, even if it's lower than the premiership and the top leagues in Europe, that's still going to raise the level here. That's, well, yeah, that, that, that's the importance. But I think all I'm saying is bringing them over because they're – well, popular right now is not really. No, I, I don't. I don't want that. Period. I'm like, if you can help me, I want you. But if you're not, if you cannot help me, you can stay in Europe. Yeah, I'm. I wasn't saying that. You know, if they bring popularity, then yes. You know, I want them to compete. And Ben Foden too. He's he's 32 years old, so it's cool. not like he's 36 or 37 and falling off. Foden is. You know, he's a. It's a good. You know, it's a good idea. Yeah, I because I, I, he's young. I mean, he's ready to go. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just saying, in general, like guys like that make sense. Whereas 
Dan Carter at 36. Yeah, he'd be a decent fly half. Uh, you know, probably one of the top two or three in the league, but he's looking to cut, he would be looking to come here and make a paycheck and not to necessarily contribute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that may be the case there. But Chris Wiles, I would absolutely love if he came over to the U.S. I don't care how, you know, unfounded that rumor may be. I don't care if it never ends up happening, especially because he's also got his own beer company to worry about. But Chris Wiles came over here. I would love it. I love Chris hey, Wiles. Who, be, who better than to put in the American League than Captain America himself? Exactly. Captain British mm-hmm. America. That's uh, so like, right, man. You already got to talk clever, so you just add him to it. And and think about it, guys. If it goes to Legion, he's his whole because he's already used to red and black. Think about it. Yeah. The uniform fits himself. So you're saying he's going to Utah because they are red and black? They could. No. Well, he could go to Utah. <laughs> but I was thinking of Legion. But he could go to Utah, too. That's true. I almost forgot about them. That's right. I think, I think Bob would welcome another group. <laughs> and uh, speaking of Bob, segue. Questions for Bob. Let's do okay. it. Oh, I forgot about that, actually. Because Corey's so, not here. So what was it? So the question from Flippity Floppity 10. Um, I only got one question, by the way. Make sure to say so that. So with one question tonight, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, with Ontario and potentially BC uh, essentially confirmed for next year, how is the MLR handling players who may not be allowed to cross borders, whether due to visa status or legal issues? Can we um, treat that as two questions real quick? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so cross borders, uh, well, if, if, if someone can't cross the border in Canada or the U S into Canada because of legal issues, then they won't be hired. (laughs) That's pretty simple. Um, visa status, there are two or three players that are currently signed to on different teams that uh, are here on one type of visa that does not allow them to play. So I know that both are in the process of getting work visas because they are here on student visas. Well, I think what what this question is asking is if someone is Canadian and they're playing in Canada or, or someone's just playing in Canada or someone's playing in the U.S., they're allowed to be there, but are they... I know there there are certain visas where they may not be allowed to cross border. Well, I know no, that would, there there would be like war, the only reason why that would exist is because there's like warrants out for your arrest because you have a. I mean, think about this: uh, Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, MLS all have Canadian teams, so there's like free flow of those people. I guess the issue comes into if you have say like. A, uh, let's say a, an Australian um, that is signed to a Canadian team. Um, I mean, you would just apply for whatever the visa process is that allows you to have international players for whatever the fuck it is. It seems to it seems to be worked out. I think like visa status issues is you'll have you have foreign kids playing collegiate rugby here that are going to get a chance to play in the MLR that will need to get work visas and get move off their student visa. I think that the issue may that may come up is non-Canadians playing in Canada trying to enter the US. 
to, to, to play against a team in the U.S. So if we have Ontario Arrows and they sign, like you said, like an Australian guy, making sure that that guy is qualified to come to the U.S. Because U.S. to Canada is a lot easier than U.S. Uh, than Canada to U.S. as far as I'm concerned. Canada is like, I, I'm going to Canada in like a month. And I looked this up just to be safe. It's basically like you sign up and you fill out a form if you're not from there. And then they're like, oh, thank you very much. Come to Canada. In the U.S., it's it's a lot more rigorous because we have kind of really strict laws with that. It depends on what kind of visa you have. I don't know exactly. I'm not an immigration lawyer, but I wonder if that may ever come up where that's an issue. Because like, you know, Tony Healy couldn't even come over here because he wasn't deemed I guess, proper enough to or or whatever the U.S. government decided he wasn't good enough to be the Seawolves. So um, I think that's about it for this week, which is... Well, I, I wanted to treat that as two questions. Oh, um, two questions. Uh, All right. What was the other two? So are Ontario and um, Vancouver basically confirmed? Uh, oh, we, we actually, that's actually, we forgot to mention Ontario. So they demolished the Boston Mystics, whatever those are, um, <laughs> seventy-seven to six. Uh, I think it was eight. Seventy-seven to eight. Six. No, it was six. It was six. It was six. Oh, okay. It was seventy-seven to eight. No, seventy-seven to six. Uh, it was six. And uh, yeah, um, I would At say that, point, that um, if there is a Boston team, they would need to. Shift bring in mm-hmm. or bring in players, but Ontario also had sixteen hundred play uh, players, sixteen hundred fans show up for the game. It was also on the same day as the Toronto Wolfpack um, home owner. Jeez, uh, oh, what am I saying? Home owner. Home owner. <laughs> That's right. Home owner. Ontario had sixteen hundred <laughs> players, and the Toronto Wolfpack homeowners were there. Um, the the home opener, which had I think twenty five hundred or something like that, because it was at a different field, mm-hmm. but that was still competition for um, Ontario fans, and they showed sixteen hundred. That's pretty good for a, mm-hmm. an exhibition match. Um, our reports from our our intel of Canadian fans who were on the subreddit was that it was a great experience overall. Um, decent field. It's not the field that they would be playing at, but they're still assessing whether or not they will join. And they keep saying that, but I don't see any reason why they would put this entire thing together and not join MLR unless they're waiting for so, something else. So, it, so Ontario looks good. Like, yeah. Um, based on the conversation I had with Mark Winokur, I need to re-engage on that one. Uh, they wanted to have home events first before to assess the market. Um, I think every, like he said, he's like. If I was, if, if we were going to go today, and that was, you know, a while ago, um, we, we're comfortable. We are pretty close. We're like 90% there. Um, but we need to, we need to have our home games so that we can have the data. Um, I think that they're going to, I think that they're going to get in. Uh, Vancouver, I know there were, at one point there were three bits. There are now two. I don't know who the other people are. Uh, I know that it's still you still have the Carl Harrison bid that is also some that is linked to the Seawolves because Carl Harrison is a minority owner in the Seawolves, and so 
I don't know the status on that. Um, I know that there's been more meetings with the league, but outside of that, uh, I got nothing. Very well. Any final thoughts, guys? Besides uh, what was it? Uh, so, I guess this was the actual trending topic that I, that I should have put in there. Is I, There was a major article in Rugby Today by Pat Clifton that talked about uh, rugby international marketing and all the craziness, and it's it looks like it looks like hell. Uh, I spoke to Pat today. We are going to do a Facebook Live tomorrow at four thirty Eastern, one thirty Pacific. So, um, hopefully, I don't mess it up because we don't have really cool software like uh, our friend at Next Level Rugby does. <laughs> so, best of luck, obviously. See how that goes. Okay, so I think we're done with this, guys, because someone else is talking over me. So we have come to the end of another beautiful episode of the Earful of Dirt Major League Rugby Podcast, episode 35. There you go. Big number. Okay, guys, so like we always say, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel if you have not done so already. That will be Earful of Dirt. And make sure to follow us on our uh, social media platforms such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all of them at Earful of Dirt. Make sure to check out our email, uh, excuse me, our website, earfulofdirt.com, so you can read several articles that we're putting over the week regarding the league and games. And of course, the most important, make sure to drop us a review and make sure to uh, follow us on iTunes, uh, Google Play, ACast, Stitcher, Player FM. And again, drop us a review in all those social media platforms, like I said. Oh, also, can't forget about the phone number to drop us a voicemail. The number is one 2679 And just again, 1-720-600-2679. So again, drop us a voicemail and a review so we can read it or hear it on the show. So with all that said, everyone, again, my name is Victor. That was Josh. That was Dan. That was Aaron. Corey, hopefully, will be back next week. And we'll see you, like I said, next week. Take care. Connect with Earful of Dirt anytime. We're on Facebook and Twitter as Earful of Dirt. You can email us at earfulofdirt at gmail.com or call and leave us a voicemail at 720-600-2679. Until next time, for Aaron, Dan, and Victor, I'm Corey. Thanks for joining us.